Hello and welcome to... Wow, this is such an official opening. <laughs> Hello and welcome to True Review. I'm Nick Weldon. And I'm Eric Sakely. Well done for taking up that hint. Um, this is a weekly uh, adventure into an artist's oeuvre. Uh, keen listeners will know that we are focusing on Madonna for our first season. And last week, we focused on the seminal, important, incredible erotica. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when we decided that no other album compares, no other album had the emo- cultural currency or potency that erotica did Um and I dive straight into last week without even asking how you are, Eric, because that's just how much I care about erotica. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm actually, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a long time no here. Yes. Even longer time no see. I know, definitely. Hopefully soon enough we'll be reunited. Here we are today discussing bedtime stories, finally. Oh yeah, sorry. This is the bedtime stories episode. <laughs> We're out of practice a bit. <laughs> um, Eric? What is your top three Madonna this week? My top three this week, I have um, one reappearance and I have one or a couple new entries. Um, Survival from uh, today's album of discussion. Iconic. We have Bedtime Story, the somewhat title track of today's Mm -hmm. album of of discussion. (laughs) Well, not somewhat, the actual (laughs) title track of... The album, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> slight differences. Story, stories. Oh, okay, sorry. It's not quite exactly, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, Blame York. Yeah. And then, as my third, I think we have my first entry from American Life, actually, in my top three, uh, which is Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah, so That's what are fun. yours, Nicholas? For that to be your first entry of American Life has blown my mind as a um, ballad section of American Life um, truther. <laughs> um, so from I'll go chronological order. So from the album we're doing today, um, Inside of Me, which is always of one of my favorite Madonna songs of all time, and I'll discuss and explain why later on. Uh, second is Sky Fits Heaven, just because... Um, I'm gearing up for the Ray of Light episode, which is going to be something special. But um, I think it's always been a little underrated by me when I'm looking at either skin or nothing really matters or the kind of big hits. But it's it really struck me today. And then finally, um, I was looking at Paradise, not for me, for music. Ah. Um, which I think... Is there a repeat offender for me in the top three? As much as I have um, reservations <laughs> about it, <laughs> but interesting. We've both kind of struck a somber mood <laughs> with our um, Madonna top three this week, but maybe that's just the mood. Wing. A little bit. I don't think mine was very somber, but anywho, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really want to touch Madonna news of the week because she's just gallivanting around the world. She's um. How I characterize it is she's do a li- do a ing <laughs> around the world uh, yes. <laughs> without a care in the world. She's going to Malawi, she's going to New York, she's going to London. And the less that's said about that, the better. All right, so shall we just dive straight into the facts? Shall we just? My favorite time of the week, Eric. So, Bedtime Stories, released October 25th, 1994. Just to note, this is my first Madonna album I was alive for. Wow. Um, Eric Little old man. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Little old man (laughs) talking to my (laughs) youthful crowd. (laughs) Please, you were alive for Ray of Light though, right? I was alive for Ray of Light, yeah. I'm not that much younger than you. God, okay. (laughs) Um. It was produced by Babyface, who went on to produce TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, Mm. iconic, Whitney's I'm Your Baby Tonight, and also one of the best songs of all time, Boys to Men's End of the Road. You think so? And I think... Oh. (laughs) Well, no, 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 I don't... I'm I'm indifferent. I'm just kind of shocked to hear that coming. Well, obviously, I don't, like, 
like music by men, but if I had to choose a song <laughs> by a man, it would be Boys to Men, <laughs> End of the Road. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so this album comes off the heels of her trying to soften the edge of um, the abrasive edges <laughs> of erotica. Mm. And if you want to know more, listen to our previous episode. In between now and the last episode, she had released I'll Remember from the film With Honours, which was, um, I'm going to say, probably the schmaltziest Madonna's ever been. Mm. But it won the public back. It was a moderate hit. It was nothing it was nothing special, but it was there, and it reappeared from Something to Remember, which, again, is a compilation of her ballads, which I thought were... Probably one of my favourite Madonna compilations, but we're not doing compilations on this podcast, so <laughs> I'll stop talking right now. To your now. dismay. <laughs> to my explicit dismay. Critics noted that this was explicitly R&B over pop, which I I don't know if I'd agree with. I think it has its R&B tendencies and it wears its influences on the sleeve, mm-hmm. but you can't hide from the fact that it's a Madonna album. Mm-hmm. And it, she is the queen of pop for a reason, one. And two, it kind of overlooks that kind of British dub, British clubhouse scene that also kind of plays its part Completely. in this album too. People love the narrative of, oh, she wanted to excuse herself because of Erotica. She just made an easy listen R&B album, which I disagree with completely. Mm-hmm. Similar to Erotica, she only had two top 10 singles, Secret, which, hello, Incredible. And Take a Bow, which, thank God, brought her back to number one to the Billboard Hot 100 for seven weeks, which I think at the time was her second longest running number one. This album was released in the furore of her David Letterman interview. Uh, Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen it before? It's like where she has the like black hair, she's smoking a cigar, she's uh, being quite confrontational. And I think that was um, evocative of the mood she was in, which is also why I pushed back against the general narrative against bedtime stories that it was a kind of appeasement of sorts, because it wasn't at all. I think it's a mission statement still of, oh, you didn't like erotica, I'm still going to do whatever I want, but we'll get onto that later. Academic, oh God, I have to say a French name. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, sorry the audience and sorry Eric also, but <laughs> academic George Calud Gilbert noted, In a way, the album is really a book of stories you can tell your kids at bedtime. Sexuality explained to children, which I just think is a very cool um, quote because I think it denotes, like, this wasn't a betrayal of erotica. This wasn't a kind of pussyfooting around erotica. I think it was her accepting that erotica had happened and she was building on that, but still in a... Well, let me take you on the journey with me. Yes. <laughs> Eric, what are your thoughts on the album? Basically, I mean, I'll obviously get into this more when we talk about like the specific tracks um, on the album. But I feel as if a lot of people categorize this album as an R&B album and an attempt to sort of um, reconcile her her reputation, I guess, with the public. But I don't really see it as such yeah um and i know you have said that as well i think personally i actually think this album is a lot more experimental than uh people tend to give it credit for and a lot more interesting Mm. and i think Mm. we'll get to the specific songs like i said but a couple of the songs especially towards um the latter half of the track list sort of for me foreshadows the sort of electronica experimentations that she would um completely you know, come come to play with on ray of light um like the title track for me is very much a precursor to ray of light when completely when people like say oh where did ray of light come from i think there's a such a clear through line from erotica to bedtime stories to ray of light i think it makes complete sense completely i agree um i think this is way more of a trip hop or um 
I, I want to say electronic, but I think the electronic influences are quite um, confined to a few songs mm. or moments on the album. But I, I see this more as a, a trip hop album than, you know, an R&B record in a way, because I just think it has a lot more in common with um, other like British electronic acts of the period than with, for example, yeah. like, you know, your classic 90s crooner R&B, like someone like Monica or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. It is much more experimental than it's given credit for. I think of the three Madonna 90s albums, it's probably unfairly maligned. It is the, like, forgotten sister of the three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's A little the, bit, yeah. It's the middle child for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and like maybe that's why I treasure it so much. Mm-hmm. It is probably the album I return to most of Madonna's. Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like what I would want to seek out Madonna for. It's her kind of confessional, but she's perfected that like vulnerability yet kind of winking at the audience perspective. Mm-hmm. Throughout all those songs? Well, with that point, <laughs> and for me fighting for my life, shall we go into survival? I am so ready. Oh, in so many ways, I feel like this is like Madonna's modus operandi, but it's mm. like... I say that in like a academic way and like an objective way and like a uh, way in which I can just observe Madonna's history. But like just from like a music perspective, it's just so like smooth. Yeah. <laughs> and I think its position in the track list is entirely intentional after the whole like circus of erotica. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh huh. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm here. Yeah. And I'm going to be here for a very long time. I know you hold this song very dear. What do you think? Uh, I completely agree with you with that. I think it's an excellent opener. I actually think it's one of her best album openers and one of her most underrated, mm. hands down. Um, mm. I absolutely just love her vocal delivery in this song and throughout this album in general. I mean, I think she just sounds excellent through, throughout this entire record. Um, mm. And... You know, it's it's funky, and I think it's sort of evident upon listening to it that this album is signaling a sort of new direction for her. Yeah. Um, I think you yeah. can definitely hear the more, like, 90s R&B influence in this song. With those opening chords alone, you can ding, 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 ding. It's like, you've never heard that in a... Yeah. There's, like, chill... It's, yeah, it's like Madonna relaxed, which I don't think we've experienced as an emotion before yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think lyrically it's very strong. Um, it's sort of a sister song on the record to human nature in a way. It's her responding to the sort of criticism, backlash, controversy of um, the last few years with erotica and, you know, she's flat out saying from the very start, I'll never be an angel. I'll never be a saint. Um, and you're right. It is, it does sort of function as a modus operandi in a way. Um, I also, the lift to tell illusion, weirdly enough, um, the lyric where she alludes to her song, lift to tell, um, she goes, uh, I'm going to be living to tell. I actually did not oh, register that yeah. reference for the longest, longest time. And I actually like, I feel like the more I listen to this, the more references I hear towards a lot of her past work. Um, I mean, I think throughout this journey, what I've picked up on most is like Madonna's love of self referential. Definitely. <laughs> like nature and like, uh, Legacy building throughout her lyrics, which mm-hmm. I, for one, am all for. Yeah. Ready for secret? Ooh. 
This song like generally makes me feel quite emotional. Mm. Can I blow your mind? This is Britney's favorite Madonna song. Really? It is. And I'm not really a knee stan, but um, she exhibited perfect taste there. This is one of the songs that um, started life as one of Shep's productions from like an overlie from Erotica, which... I think makes sense. It was originally titled Something's Coming Over, mm. lol. I think it's it's cool. Again, it's relaxed. It's like more of a, like, the song envelops in and of itself. It's like a natural progression. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's Madonna gripping onto you for dear life to, like, prove that she's, like, the pop icon that she is. Mm-hmm. It's very much is like, Settled in her position that, like, okay, I've <laughs> I've released like a prayer. What the fuck are you going to do to me now? Yeah. <laughs> I've released a little erotica, and I've all, I'm easy. I I could retire now, and I'm already the most impactful pop star that's already existed in the history <laughs> yeah. of the world. The song itself is quite lyrically ambiguous, in my opinion. I I think it it reminds me to. to you know, not to keep mentioning the song, but it kind of reminds me of "Live to Tell" in that way. It's quite vague, mm. um, both about secrets of some sort. Um, mm. I, I feel like it's one of those Madonna songs where um, is more of a theme on Ray of Light, but it's one of those rare Madonna songs at this point in time where like, you actually don't really know exactly what it's about. Um, mm. But I I absolutely love it. I mean, every, I think this was in one of my top threes one week. And it, it's mm. hands down one of my favorite Madonna songs and one of my favorite songs on this record and definitely one of her most iconic, if not second most iconic, mm, as we <laughs> uh, mm, dove into yeah. a little bit, I think a couple episodes ago. <laughs> um, I love the, the guitar, the um, acoustic guitar. I think you're right. It's just very yeah. smooth and very um, natural in a way. And the strings, I think, you know, the instrumentation on the song is quite... Shall we <laughs> dive into I'd Rather Be Your Lover? Ooh, got some opinions. So, Eric, hit me with these opinions. Um... So this song and the next, <laughs> to mm. give it away, is for me kind of where the album dips a little bit. Mm. Um, I think you could completely cut this song and the next one out of the track list completely and you wouldn't even really miss them. I mean, that's just for me personally. I think it might even make... It probably a better album. <laughs> That's controversial. You know, I'm not going to go that mm. far and say that. Mm. I don't think they're that bad. I think they're fine. Um, do I sing along to them when they come on? Yes. Of course. The thing is, I just find this song, I'd Rather Be Your Lover, one of the more generic sounding R&B songs on the album. And I think if this yeah. song and the next Don't Stop were cut out, I think people would have less of a reason to call this album or to categorize this album as R&B. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, stands to reason of when we talk about Madonna as a pop chameleon, she has to create certain vibes and albums to be able to cultivate that image. And I think these songs are very much the, well, this is the song where I'm working with X and this is the mood I want to cultivate. So I have to create X amount of songs. Mm. So I very much agree that like, yeah, this don't stop. Maybe even like forbidden love spoilers might be certain like vibes in regards to that. Similar to like how 
Bye Bye Baby in Erotica, I found like the least essential, but also kind of continued and cultivated the vibe within which. Mm. Um, but yeah. Interesting. I can't not talk about I'd Rather Be Your Lover without um, pointing towards the version, which also included an ex lover of Madonna's two packs verse, which I'll include here. <laughs> I was actually just about to mention that. I think if his verse were kept in, I probably would like this song a lot more than I do. It is kind of better. Um, but as it stands, it includes Michelle Ngelchello, uh iconic lesbian, and samples 1969's It's Your Thing by Loon Donaldson. I think what's fun about this song is... The actual lyrical content is more explicitly sexual mm. <laughs> than, oh no, I can't say more than anything on erotica, but it equals and pairs the like explicit erotic nature of the songs on erotica, which like gives credence to the argument of bedtime stories isn't the like um, apology tour that some people make it out to be. Are we? Move into Don't Stop. This is my least favorite song on this album. Mm. Do you agree, Eric? Uh, this is one of them. Um, I think I actually kind of like it better than the last one, but like not by that much. I think, mm. I don't know. I just, I don't think either of them are like necessarily bad songs. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Madonna has a few bad, objectively bad songs under her belt, but I don't think these two are one of them. I just think they're hey, both very shout out. Yeah. generic. Like this one is just a very generic, you know, let's hop on the, new jack swing funk mm. trend of uh the 90s um yeah and yeah i don't think i dislike it i don't think i dislike it per se because in a sense when it does come on i do find it quite a bit contagious you know the don't stop doing like i, I don't Sing know like it, it is a little bit contagious but i mean it's also one of those like the last one, just quite repetitive. It's like, I, you know, I could skip it and I wouldn't really miss it. I don't, yeah, similar to you, I don't dislike it. But like similar to like a teacher filling out like a end of year report. I think of the person we're looking at's capabilities. <laughs> and I'm like, you're giving me a repetitive um chorus that just repeats the same phrase over and over again uh this isn't good enough for me yeah (laughs) yeah um again this was an evolution from a song from shep's hands so it it originally lived as a stripped down acoustic version interesting which might have been interesting to look at i'd give anything to listen to uh shep's original demos of bedtime stories and he also had partial hands and some ray of light demos too which i think would have sounded so cool yeah that would be really interesting obviously ray of light is the pantheon of pop music so you can't improve it but i just think it's it would be very very interesting to uh listen to that Mm. the last thing i want to say about don't stop before we move on to one of my favorite songs of all time is that (laughs) it was included in the free willy soundtrack lol oh my god it was (laughs) Yeah, oh, that's so funny because my sister and I actually have like a major inside joke about the Free Willy soundtrack, but I don't like remember this song being in it. It's so random, but anyway, um, shall we move on to your favorite? Ah, uh, yeah. It's 
So, Nicholas, I thought this song, um, mm. with its title being inside of me, was about sex for forever until I found out that it was mm. like actually about her dead mother. Right. Um, but I can't really um, help but feel that there is a double meaning or innuendo of sorts. Um, mm. abetted by the fact that you can almost audibly he- hear sighs in the background. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> I do really like this song. Um, I think it's overall heartfelt and well delivered. Um, and I think she just sounds uh, great with the breathy vocals here. Similarly to when I discussed. Um, the True Blue Rebel Heart version. <laughs> I'll try not to go too overboard when I'm discussing my uh, effusive love for this song. On a good day, this is my favourite song that's ever been made. So let's just wow. put our cards on the table right there. I think it encompasses every single thing I love about Madonna. It's the wink to the audience that emotional vulnerability that eroticism that like in on the joke but also the like (laughs) daring to go there position of as you said the like explicit eroticism while tying it to the meaning of the dead mother that I don't think any other artist would ever do Mm -hmm. nor would even like think to do nor would dare would do or would even have the position even like be afforded the cultural currency to be able to do. And that's not even going into like the immaculate production or the like whispering vocals, which I know I'm like gaining a reputation for overly talking about Madonna's vocals or like overly uh, being effusive about Madonna's vocals, but they're like, it cracks just when it needs to. It gets powerful just when it needs mm-hmm. to. The whisper rises to a simmer just when it needs to. It's every single note it wants to hit, every single emotional beat it wants to hit, it does so perfectly. And it's, um, yeah, just on like a personal level, it has like helped me through a lot of, oh God, I literally just punched a mirror because I was so like into the song. But what? <laughs> It's, like, helped me through a lot of, like, dark times. And it's, like, yes, it's... If I met Madonna, it's the, like, <laughs> embodiment of, like, how I'd want her to be if I met her, one. And two, it's, the I think, the perfect encapsulation of Madonna as that celebrity icon, mm. that pop culture icon. But, yeah. So, that so was... <laughs> would you rate this above, like, a prayer? So I like it. <laughs> um, so it's hard. I think Like a Prayer is inescapably Madonna's best song. Like, mm-hmm. if we were going to court, there's no way you couldn't present Like a Prayer as objectively the greatest song that's ever been made. For how a song affects me and the song I routinely go back to go back to go back to i would have to go to inside of me okay interesting it's so crazy how strongly you feel about the song because i feel like it's a deep cut that not even um i don't know just uh, that a lot of people don't really Mm. pay that much mind to yeah but shall we move (laughs) on you know i can say oh i think it's only part of my human nature Wink, wink. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, moving on. Does this song really need to be performed at every single tour since its release? Like, mm. sorry, we can discuss the actual, like, practicalities of, like, yes, the song's good, etc., etc. but it's become, like, a meme within the Madonna fandom that this and Candy Shop, if you're going to see her live, they're the two constants that are going to uh, appear. 
Um, really? You're lucky if you get like a prayer. You're lucky if you get like an erotica or like a deep cut. But swear on your life, you will get human nature and you will get um, <laughs> candy shop. That's, she must just really love it. That's so random. But it kind of makes sense because of the message, you know, mm. in terms of like message at the end of the video of absolutely no regrets. Yeah. And this is explicitly even though there's like signs of it throughout the album this is explicitly what i'd point towards when people say this is and people will get bored of me saying this now of like this being a course correction it's not this is her saying over and over again i'm not sorry it's human nature mm. <laughs> absolutely no regrets and it's <laughs> i'm sexual get over it that was yeah. a natural part of me i absolutely um embrace and love that side of me and uh yeah sorry (laughs) yeah no i completely know what you mean um it's actually funny because (laughs) so this was featured on the madame x tour but we seemingly ran out of time the night that i decided to go so she actually didn't perform (laughs) it but anywho um i was quite upset with that but um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I don't think it could be, like, any more fucking blatant and in your face. Like, this is not a course correction. <laughs> She's literally yeah. saying, sarcastically, oops, I didn't know I couldn't talk about sex. And my favorite line, which is, would it sound better if I were a man? Which is just mm, this whole album's mission statement. Absolutely no fucking regrets like it's just it couldn't be clearer i think it's one of the most important madonna songs i see why she performs it on nearly every tour um i think the music video by jean baptiste mondino who also did justify my love my favorite madonna music video Uh, is fucking iconic um i love the unapologetic nature i think it's so powerful and so empowering and it's one of her most underrated singles for that because of just how bold and unapologetic and empowering it actually is the express yourself don't repress yourself which is oh. a, a reference another self-reference to yeah. express yourself it just it, it's everything that madonna stands for um like i said the trip hop influence that I hear on this album is very potent in this song. And I actually have a really just like absolutely funny um, like memory with this song as a child. I don't know, for some reason, this song kind of like defined my childhood in a way. Like my mom would actually play nice. this song all the time in the car. Like I had vivid, vivid memories. It's one of those songs, like, you know when you forget about it for a long time, but then you hear it as an adult and it just reminds you so much of your childhood. I don't know if you have any like that, Nick, but this song is one of those for me. And like my mom would just play this over and over again in the car and like sing along to it. It was almost like my mom's fucking anthem. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Did you know that rejection is the greatest aphrodisiac? You know what I did? Because Madonna's taught me that from a young age. Oh, well, there you go. And she's so true. In your eyes, This is the better forbidden love in her discography. Oh, um, yeah, agree. Uh, I would one hundred percent agree with that. Actually, um, no, I think I would agree. I mean, with that. the other forbidden love is great. That's not. Yeah, <laughs> she has two bangers wall to wall there. Um, I don't have much to say about this because I think we're firmly in like the second half of the album where. Things get a bit weird, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very much like a vibe piece from after human nature. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, then I suppose Love Try to Welcome is after this, which we'll go on to, but it's not my favourite. Um, this song comes with a wink. This song comes with the eroticism that I've come to love erotica for, Madonna for. And she's really, really pushing her vocals to the limit here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's for the benefit of the song. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think you're right. This is sort of the point in the album where it it sort of begins to really... I feel like for sort of the last five tracks on the album very much function as like a vibe piece in a way to me. Um, I feel like they're all very connected in a sense. It almost... Yeah. It's weird because in my mind and like I, I can't really fully explain it because we don't have enough time but like from this song to the la- the closing track um it feels like a sweet in a way um it, I, I know in my mind it, it kind of like i call it like the the bedtime story sweet um nice. almost how like on kate bush's hounds of love there's like the ninth wave which is side b of the album i don't know like i which we'll get onto i really feel like uh, if i just had an opportunity to write about this album i could explain it a (laughs) lot better but www.culture.com yeah we'll get to that in the end but (laughs) um yeah i mean i i just think the last half of the album is really where bedtime stories sort of finds its thesis in a sense love try to welcome me up next I literally have no comments for this song. Really? <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. I like it. Um... I take back my comment for Don't Stop. This is my least favorite song of the album. So this is the dud that you just referred to? Yeah. Okay. This is the dud. This is the one that stops the second half's amazing experimental wow. era dead in its tracks. It's, it does nothing for me. It's fine. Um, huh. This, if people point it towards like Madonna pussyfooting around after erotica, I think I'd point to this. And yes, I like the like Latin influenced guitar. I love the like um kind of pained vocal. But apart from that, it's 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 this used to be my playground part de, you know? Okay. So wow, that surprises me because I actually think this is sonically and lyrically one of the best and most alluring songs on the <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Explain why. Um I just think it's very strong. I love the acoustic instrumentation in the outro. I think it's very well produced. I think the instrumentation, the strings and the other wind instruments that you hear throughout this song add a certain kind of mystique. I think that word really describes how we feel about this song quite well. Mystique. Uh-huh. I just think there's something mysterious and sensual about it. Um that just draws me in. And lyrically, I um, I actually see a lot of connections to Frozen from Ray of Light, Ooh, but from the okay. other person's perspective. Hello. Look at this, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. I disagree, but I love the interpretation. And for the sake of our friendship, I'm going to shepherd us right into Sanctuary. Okay, great. (laughs) And the earth was void and empty, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. Is all of this pain so necessary? This is, apart from inside of me, 
one of my favorite songs of all time. Oof. It's so weird mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. The like desperation, the horror, the horror imagery in the lyricism. Yes. Like the I think it's like particularly pertinent right now in terms of like the lyrical story it wants to cultivate in terms of like wanting to escape with someone instead of like facing the realities of life. It's so out of like Madonna's lyrical wheelhouse that we've come to expect up until this point. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, production immaculate. Um, the like vibes you want to cultivate immaculate. The like choice she wanted to do in terms of making it a bit like spooky, ooky, kooky, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know right on board with you. Um, Sadly, she's never performed it live. There's one more part of the song I want to mention, which I think you know I do. <laughs> but I'll let you discuss the song before I do that. Great. Um, I think, I mean, I agree with you on everything. I think it might be, might be my favorite on the album. Um, uh-huh. I, <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> where do I even start? From... <laughs> I just I love the noises in this song. I love the uh, sample of Herbie Hancock's "Watermelon Man" um, throughout mm-hmm. the song. I think it's a really good sample because it doesn't. It, it almost it feels like an integral component of the song. It almost feels like it pushes the song mm. along in a way. It doesn't sound awkward or it doesn't hinder it. Um, it's such yeah. like you know an integral part of it and. Um, I just love how, um, yeah, like you said, like how eccentric um, it is from, um, you know, the sample that I just mentioned to the production choices to the dark yet intimate lyrics, her vocal delivery, the um, Walt Whitman spoken word. I think this is actually quite an experimental approach for her. And I think it's, proof that this album is not as conventional and unadventurous as some <clears throat> pitchforked <clears throat> may think. Uh-huh. Uh, we're not even going to talk about them or their abhor- abhorrent Ugh. review, retrospective review of this album, complete underrate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think um, this is probably maybe the best song on the album, but don't quote me on that. You know what? You know I think you're wrong, but I fully support your opinion and fully understand why you think that. Before we move on, I'd be remiss to not discuss the segue between Sanctuary to Bedtime Story. Showing the other pop girls how to do it. It's a thing of beauty. Uh. <laughs> it's like perfectly done as well. It is. They're like drop. Anyway, next up, bedtime story. So, bedtime story, what do you think? The sort of title track, as I call it. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, the transition into the song from Sanctuary is, uh, I think, not only the absolute highlight of this album, but one of like my favorite moments on any Madonna album. Probably my favorite mm. moment. Um it's just, it's so good. Um, I think this song, to touch on what I spoke about before a little bit, is proof of new musical experimentations for her. Mm. Even though she didn't write this song, and um, <laughs> it's actually penned by Bjork, 
Um, I think this is probably the boldest song on the album. Um, and one of her boldest songs at this point in her career. Um, like I said, I sort of conceptualize the latter half of the album as a suite in a way. And I think that this song and Sanctuary to me are kind of the heart and soul um, of this. Uh, I think this definitely sounds like a Bjork song lyrically. Hold on to that light. Cause I'm about to, yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Nothing. Excuse me, Nicholas. What do you have to say? <laughs> so, I love this song, and before I dwell on some negatives, I think we can dwell on the music video, one of the most expensive of all time, only beaten by Madonna herself, mm-hmm. um, typified by it being on permanent display at MoMA in New York and the School of Visual Arts in New York. Bjork's gone on record that she approached writing the song for Madonna as an academic exercise and wanting Madonna to say things that she never has done before. I think, obviously, I love the song. Obviously, I love the experimentation. And obviously, I appreciate Bjork as, like, the musical genius and, like, musical, like, genius arranger and composer that she is. I'm not, like, decrying that of her. I just thought... It was a little patronizing in how she approached the composition of writing a song for the world's biggest pop star, right? Mm. In terms of her typifying her writing this as her saying, oh, Madonna will have never like said out loud these artistic phrases, right? And I think it's like typified by Bjork releasing this as um, sweet intuition as a B-side later. And this isn't like me ragging on Bjork for no reason. I just think it's like typical of like the art crowd that like overlooks Madonna's contributions to the wider cultural capital and not Mm. just the pop cultural capital, the actual artistic side to things, which she has and like has forced that like conversation onwards. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry, that was me. No, I definitely know what you mean. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I definitely, definitely see where you're coming from. Um, and I actually do kind of agree with you a little bit. Um, I do think there, you know, there is a way that the alt crowd definitely approaches pop and it is quite, it can be quite patronizing. Um, mm. However, for me, I think you almost have to remember that um, Bjork's native tongue is Icelandic and so, some of the things that she says might not come across as, you know, how she, you know, at, what her intentions are. Mm. So I've always sort of just forgiven, forgiven her for it. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just my massive stand coming out, but I also think uh-huh. that what she said isn't necessarily um, criticism, but more of respect in a way. I think Bjork, you know, she said a lot more about Madonna that you're probably not going <laughs> to mention, but I think she actually does have a lot of respect for Madonna and she has said that. And um, I just think that, you know, but even me as a fan of certain artists, you know, I can absolutely adore their music and appreciate, you know, what they've done for, um, Mm. you you know, in terms of cultural capital and everything. But I can also, you know, criticize them in some uh, some sense and say, I wish that they would... You know, I would love to hear them say something like this or sing about this or explore this new territory. I think, um, in a way, her comments can almost seem like they're coming from a fan. But anywho, you know what? I digress. Let's move on to (laughs) the album finale. Take a bow. I've always been in love with you. Again, I had no comments for this. I think 
I said all I did want to, sorry, I said all I wanted to say in the kind of album context. I'm happy that it was the kind of world conquering smash that it was, mm. although lol, it didn't even reach the top 40 in the UK. Um, but it's such a nothing track. It's like, <laughs> mm. um, Love the video. It's still the background to my phone, her and her, like, best matador drag. <laughs> but it's plodding. It's, um, it doesn't fit on the album. Mm. It makes no sense as an album closer. It's, um, I mean, it's a lovely, it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely song. Mm. <laughs> it's, and it's fine. It's a fine song. But when you like put it against Bedtime Story, when you put it against Inside of Me, when you put it against Survival Secret, what's it actually trying to say about like the legend, the myth, the icon that is Madonna? And I think it's trying to say, I'm still a pop star, I'm still culturally relevant, and as a person who's who is interested in sticking by her no matter what, I don't necessarily care in those like moments of her appealing to the people who need to make her culturally viable. Um, so ultimately, I think I wouldn't switch this song over. Ultimately, I think it's a lovely ballad. Ultimately, I think there's no right in it being either on this album or being sung by Madonna, is my <laughs> take. Yeah, um, I actually quite agree with you. I... I don't think I would disparage it as much as maybe you just did. Um, Because I do, I mean, like, I do like it. Um, Is it, you know, my least favorite song on the album? No, we already went through those. But is it one of my least favorite songs on the album? Yes. I do know what you mean by it doesn't really fit on the album. Um, But in a way, I still see it as part of... um, as as sort of an essential part of the album because I think, you know, after the sanctuary and the bedtime story, um, it is a really good outro. Um I think it does really fade out the album well. Um I like the decision to use a full backing orchestra. I think the string arrangements are really nice. Um I think her vocal performance is actually really great. Um which it is throughout the album, in my opinion. It definitely sounds and feels like a final track, especially, you know, with her singing, this show is over, say goodbye, um, which is why I, I still sort of conceive it as an integral part of, you know, the, um, of like this suite or this concept album. Um, however, I do know what you mean. Um, and I do somewhat agree with you. Because this is actually only like one of, I think, two um, babyface produced um, or credited songs on the album. Um, Which is funny that we're, you know, (laughs) going back to this over and over again, but it's such an important point how so many people see this as an R&B album. Um, The fact that we both think that it actually feels out of place and it's actually one of the most prominent you know you can hear the babyface production um it's one of the most prominent r&b songs on the record just kind of speaks volumes as to you know what this album actually stands for yeah, and I think Madonna knew what she wanted to achieve with this song and she had like a laser focus with like it feels, um, what's the word? It feels market studied mm-hmm. in terms of, I know what would be effective. Let me write exactly that. Yeah. And like, I'm not decrying her because of that. It does exactly what it needs to do on the tin and it does it very well. It's just, I don't think this is the album for appeasing the masses, you know, as I've, mm-hmm. I've, as I've made clear yeah. <laughs> throughout my entire review. Yeah, but I agree. I also go. find, I just love the fact that the music video was her audition for Evita. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that little point. Um, but 
that people keep trying to make me change my phone background and I never will. I might post that as a uh, <laughs> Instagram story on at True Review Pod if anyone's interested. Hey, fuck those um, people. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Eric, that was Bedtime Stories. Wow, I can't believe well we made us. it to the end of that, actually. <laughs> With only an hour and a half of recording between us. Um, <laughs> shall we discuss what the critics said? Shall we? It's going to be quite dry this, shall uh, we this episode. <laughs> um, and, so, Eric, what the critics said? Well, overall, it was uh, pretty well received. Um, I think a lot of... Actually, it did get quite a bit of critical critical acclaim. I think some people were quick to say, i.e. Uh, Pitchfork, which I don't even want to get into because I just yeah. honestly think this is one of the worst, most objectively wrong reviews of all time. Um, well, I'd say Madam X is their objectively most wrong, but carry on. Yeah, but I mean... In a way, I can see how Madam X wouldn't be appealing to the average listener, whereas Bedtime Stories is mm. objectively a great album, and um, they thought it was quite we'll conventional. We'll but others, yeah. like Stephen Holden from the New York Times, actually considered Bedtime Stories to be easily Madonna's best album and concluded that it yes. was a seductive mixture of soft focus hip-hop and bittersweet ballads. Um, Barry Walters from the San Francisco Examiner, praised the album as Madonna's most low-key album and her best work uh, at the time. Um, so That's actually, It's definitely low-key. Yeah, I mean, so I think overall the critical response was uh, actually really good. Um, mm, mm. That being said, Nicholas, what are your final thoughts on the album? Right. This is probably one of the Madonna albums I enjoy the most as a listening experience. Mm-hmm. It's a ride I think that's necessary to understand where she's going to next. Completely agree. You? I completely agree. Um, I think it just flows so well. It's one of the loveliest albums to listen to of hers, in my opinion. I think it's consistently in my top five Madonna albums. And... Yeah. Um, I think it actually, contrary to maybe popular belief or commercial success, um, I think it is one of her most essential albums and um, unfairly perceived of as maybe not being. um, Mm. And I I just, I love this album. I think it very much sounds like a Madonna album. Um, I don't think it sounds, you know, while, like you said, it does um, sort of latch on to certain trends at the time. It it feels like her own. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, shout out to the iconic nose ring that only made appearance (laughs) during the bedtime stories. I I think... I think she like looked the coolest she ever did during the bedtime story. I know that's like such a basic comment, but aesthetically, bedtime stories is probably one of the coolest Madonna's ever looked. I think so, and I also think you know the music videos don't get enough credit either. You know, we've oh, talked about them a bit throughout yeah. this episode, and I just think visually, this was a great era. Yeah, completely, completely. So, Eric, next week. Ray of Light. I'm excited. I am beyond excited. I've been looking forward to this for weeks now. I can't wait to give you our two cents about that record. Madonna's comeback, her big one, has some of her biggest hits, her most important cultural moments. I can't even stop myself from talking to here, so I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> um, Eric, anything you want to promote? Um you can check out some of my other music writing at culture.com, C-U-L-T-C-H-U-R.com. Check it out. It's got some vibrant opinions on Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> also follow the podcast on at True Review Pod, P-O-D. 
uh, on Instagram. Um, and it's been a pleasure. We'll record this next week when you are back in London. That's exciting. I can't fucking wait. I don't think you understand Hey-oh. how much I am dying to get home. Fun, 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 fun. <laughs> Welcome back to lo- Lockdown 3. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Well, have a lovely night, Nicholas. You too. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>